Hello and welcome to Show Choir Sessions with Garrett Breeze. This is part two of Choosing Music for Show Choir with Eric Hayes, Tori Brindis, and Brian Johnson. What are some red flags? What are some things that you just hear it in a track and you go, nope, that song's not going to work? Brian can go first. He's the director. Yeah, I'll, I'll start there. I, I'm probably of the two people that I, the, the, I, of the colleague that I work with, I'm probably the more conservative one. And if I hear a, a lyric that, you know, that make, gives just, uh, it starts with the lyrics. And if there's a racy lyric, number one, I'll, cha I'll change it. If I really dig the song and I think I can get away with that song, I'll change it, but it's not like I'm doing fat bottom girls, you know, as, as a closer as much as that would be fun or like a number four changer. That would be awesome. But, but I, I can't, I can't get beyond that. I've got a daughter. She's in seventh grade. And if I can't see her doing that in show choir, I'm not going to make um, my own students do that because then I would feel like every dad out in that audience is like, Oh my God, what is going on? So it, number one, it starts, it starts there. Um, the lyrics have got to be have got to be on. If it um, if it is if it has material in it or or comes from a place of subject matter that I'm not comfortable putting out there for an audience that that holiday choirmusic.com is your one-stop really shop for unique and exciting choral arrangements um, for Christmas, I struggle to do with Hanukkah, that. I'll give you an Easter, example. and other holidays. Check out our new releases or give your program. choir the gift of and new music have, this holiday season by commissioning a new work. Really Enter the code podcast um, at checkout to get 50% off your first um, maybe order. Maybe just very socially tough um, uh, uh, subject matter. Um, whether it be like suicide or depression or postpartum or or whatever that I think though you've got to have a special like insight and a special really kind of idea on how that needs to go to be able to tackle that so red flags for me personally is subject matter and lyrics I will absolutely say no to a song if it if it doesn't if I get a little you vibe to it then I I, I can't I can't get on board with it I just can't also, if it's if it's a song that is going to require my my girls to bring out a part of them that's just like no, nope, that should not be seen on stage. You know that that's another thing that I will that I'll 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 put a kibosh to that real quick. I mean, Tori kind of knows this. Like me and Tori probably are kind of similar in this way. We probably, I mean, yes, like probably a little bit more like open with that type of thing. But also, I mean. And when you're teaching students and when you're teaching, you know, young men and young women, I think it's just super important that you try to highlight them in the best and most positive way. And you wouldn't, I like, even when I'm choreographing, of course, I want them, you know, I teach them certain ways to do things and like, I want it to look a certain way, but I, I always tell my groups that like, I will never put anything on your body that makes me uncomfortable or that I will be like, you know what I mean? Um, of course, I want to teach them and I want them to learn to be great performers and learn how to be engaging. Um, so I kind of agree with Brian on like the red flags. I mean, like some lyrics can be changed and then sometimes you're like, this is the whole song. I can't change the whole song. So you just need to like maybe don't do that song. Or, um, you know, like I said, I think like he, he mentioned just to piggyback off of certain, there are certain like um, even as a choreographer, I think there are certain kind of you know um 
themes and tropes and things like that that I don't necessarily want to tackle. When you're a choreographer, you kind of don't always get a choice in it. Like you're kind of like, well, this is what they pick sometimes. And so you just have to do it and you have to make it good. And unfortunately, that's like the burden, not the burden, but the responsibility that a lot of choreographers bear. But, you know, I have gotten less of, less and less away. I definitely agree with Brian on that. I have like little to no interest in doing dark stuff. Like I just don't. I, and not because, you know, um, it's not important or you know it's not, you know, real life. But I think there are so many great things that we can sing and perform about and things like, so those are things that I kind of typically want to stay away from and not necessarily that they're bad, but I just, I wouldn't call them red flags, but maybe just like red buttons. Like I don't really, I don't necessarily want to do those types of things. And like Brian said, lyrics and some subject matter and, you know, if I feel like it's gonna make the kids, especially, you know, girls and, you know, young men or young women, I feel like it's gonna present them in a way that I don't want them to look on stage and I typically will steer away from that. But also at the same time, I do, you know, I do push a little bit and I can be definitely probably be a little bit less conservative when it comes to that, but always I want them to feel confident and, in, you know, and empowered and not like, ooh, I don't know if I should be doing this. So that's kind of my, um, my spill on that what do you think tori i think my personal red flags are subject matter for sure like i would include like cultural insensitivity with that like with style of music like i've seen so many this is very specific but it's just what came to mind like i've seen a lot of shows like trying to do like a bollywood type show but like if you don't have the right tools to make something like that work like not the right choice um that would be one and then the other one is if something is cheesy or repetitive i usually don't enjoy it like i don't like gag numbers personally like those are just things that are hard for high school kids to get behind sometimes and um music that is really repetitive i find just doesn't really work well in a live setting i would just add to that that i think if a school's brand we were talking about branding earlier. If you have a choreographer and, and like they have a brand that gets away with that goofy kind of stuff, or it gets away with, or that is used to really getting on board with some great theatrical stuff, I think it does sell. But that's again where that conversation between the choreographer and director is important. I would also like to add, I mentioned Linmar, that when they tackled those issues, those shows were stunning. Yeah, it's just not it's it's not where I was comfortable with with doing that kind of stuff. You have to, you have to know your team as well as the kids. Definitely. You know, and we kind of touched on this with the band, like you have to pick music that stylistically fits your band. But but the same goes for the singers, too. Like you can look at the range of a song and like, yes, you can change the key. But if like if it's going an octave and a half, you know, then then, you know, at some point, like that's going to be really rangy and challenging for a lot of them. Um, I also look at the vowels, you know, like what are the vowels they're going to be holding out a long time, like at the end of phrases, if it's, if every, if every line ends in E, then I'm just not going to do the song, you know, because then I'll, there's, I'll there's like, a choir component to this. There's a choir <laughs> part to this. Oh, I'll be darned. <laughs> I you mean, know, I think Tori said some really interesting things too, just about, you know, like just not necessarily red flags, but just be really smart about your programming and like, to understand what you're what you're comfortable with what your kids will be comfortable with and sometimes you have to think about the community that you live in as well 
Um, that's really important. And like Tori said, like, I think cultural and like a uh, stylistic competency is so important. Like if you, you have, if you're going to do these things, you know, that are from different places that come from different cultures, you need to be very respectful of that because um, it can quickly become appropriation. Like there's such a fine line. And um, I think having the competency and the consideration when you're programming your stuff, is is just really 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 important and i think we've all probably judged or sat on panels or seen groups where we're like oh like not sure that was the best idea or but that takes again more consideration in the programming and like designing phase like make good decisions and honestly like ask questions if like you need to talk to people and research and ask the right questions so that you make sure that you're making good decisions for you know what you're doing with your music and your programming so how do you decide um, how like how hard to make the show? How do you decide how far you're going to push the kids and in what ways? I think every choreographer, I think Brian's going to have good time on this too because he like is in a school every day. <laughs> um, I think like with in, in terms of choreographers, and Tori can probably piggyback, um, after you have been, if you've been with your groups for a while, maybe even if it's just like two years, you kind of already know what they can handle and you kind of know what you can push and where you need to back off or where you can like try something new. Or like, this is something that I picked up from Tori a lot, um, you know, like, because we kind of come from similar backgrounds dance wise. If you want to try these like crazy lyrical things or these like crazy technical things, that might not be the whole, that might not be great for every, for the whole group. But if you have like two or three girls or, or even like, a boy or even if you have like five kids that look great doing that type of thing like that's where you put it you just are be smart about what you decide to program choreographically and how you decide to compose the choreography and create it um but like i said i think it's it after a year with a group you can tell where you can push and where you can't and that's just kind of the expertise of being a choreographer you just kind of have to make smart decisions and you know hope and try to do your best when it comes to that. And yes, push them when you need to, but also when you know something's gonna be a bit of a stretch, you need to recognize that and be considerate of it. Corey, what do you do, do you think? Um, yeah, I think I always am a firm believer of like, if you set the expectations high, the kids will always yeah. hit it if you're working with the right people. Like if you have a really good director who, pushes their kids in a loving way like those kids will always succeed if everybody's on board so I feel like I always try to set the level just like ever so slightly out of their reach because it will push them to continue to we to keep working hard um but not so far out of their league that they're just going to be a struggle all year yeah that's difficulty is hard um I find that it's easier to overwrite and then water down as a season goes along than it is to get a watered down range but then doesn't really have anywhere to grow um uh, as someone who's not an awesome arranger on the creative side of that i do trust that um the arrangement that comes in will will have a good balance of things that are in unison and things that are in parts obviously you can do a lot of difficulty in the ballad maybe maybe that's your place to really accentuate the places 
Um, but, and then, but if you know, like in a closer, that it's going to be this rock and closer, eight part music, unless you have just crazy horses singing, eight part music probably isn't going to be great when they're already tired trying to come down to the end of their show. And then the choreography is going to be, you know, as such to really be memorable in a closer. You probably don't want to be as thick musically there. Um, so I think you can pick and choose your moments, find some aha moments that, and again, this can come be a part of a conversation with an arranger or something that's set ahead of time where you say, okay, I want like a vocal thing that is way cool. And then the rest of the stuff needs to complement that one big vocal aha moment that it, but is not so challenging, you know, so that you're not spending all of your time trying to really get them to do these crazy things. A group can sound amazing singing three and four parts. A group can absolutely sound amazing doing that. And so the, hard for the sake of hard, I just, I can't get on board. There might've been a time when I was younger that I believed that was the case. But as the longer that I've done this, it like they've said, I mean, it's good to challenge, but just doing hard because, oh, surely we'll get points for this being hard. I don't think that's happening out there. I don't think that's on the ballots right now very often much anymore, the difficulty category. And even if a difficulty category is on there, there are a lot of judges that can't hear difficulty. And if you do something really well that's hard, you might, you're probably not getting the credit for that because unless they've got a really great ear, then they're not going to know that that was that hard, <laughs> you know, if you're doing it right. And, and so hard for the sake of hard, I, I just, I, I no longer get behind as much as I can. You can certainly do things with like ending chords, going into a dance break that you branch off and make it really full or make it really crunch. And so I think it, it, when it comes to difficulty, I think you've got to be really smart about picking and choosing your battles and your places in your arrangements that are going to, that are going to accentuate your group so that you can still have that element of difficulty without it being hard. Um, I think I think those are that's a really big distinction between those two. That's kind of for choreography too. Yeah, well, and I think that's I think that's where the director really like has the most responsibility is to sort of coordinate all these different people on the creative team. You know, because I've never once had a conversation with a choreographer. It's like, okay, this part's going to be really hard to dance, so make the music easy. I don't know. Maybe we should. Maybe we should start doing that. But, you know, like, we're, we're not collaborating, like, figuring out, like, okay, this part's going to yeah. be hard. And, you know, we're just kind of doing what comes to us. And I think it's oh. the director's job to take all of this and then figure out what's the right choice. If you don't mind, I'll just interject one other thing. Um, our girls group was a great example this year. This year, our, we thought our girls were just going to come out smoking. And the music that was arranged for them in some cases was, was too thick for them. And so mid-season, we just had to kind of start watering down some of that. And I think you can't be afraid as a director to, again, put your kids in the best possible situation to be successful. So if that means, you know, on this section, ladies, you're going to sing this in your belt and you're all going to sing the soprano two line because that's where the melody is. And I need you guys all just to rock that so that that sound gets off the stage. Well, then you go ahead and you go unison. Now, this year is a little bit different than in a lot of past years. But again, you're not going to be docked too often unless you're doing a whole show in unison, which would be so boring. Um, you know, I mean, don't be afraid to take what the arranger has done. Again, the arranger writes, but is not the one sitting in front of those kids every day. 
Um, and so you've got to do what's going to be best for your kids as the season continues to morph. Or maybe, maybe you know what, they were singing it great as they were learning the music. But yeah, now that choreography is super hard there, super intricate. So now you make that decision. Do you call your choreographer and say, hey, I need you to re-choreograph this because I really want this vocal moment? Or do you say, okay, that's really cool what they're doing choreographically. Let's dial back those voice parts a little bit in order to, so that that choreographic moment can still exist. But I think as the director, that's where your responsibility needs to come to what's going to be best for my kids. And then you make that decision. Since 2015, Heart of America has been hosting performance events for the finest choirs in iconic cities across the U.S. We've become the leader in professionally produced educational experiences for both performers and fans. Located in family-friendly entertainment meccas, HOA events light up the stage so your star can shine bright. Heart of America delivers a competitive landscape perfect for beginning choirs and national champions alike. Think you've got what it takes to perform on a national stage? Contact us today at hoachoir.com to begin your journey to a top-notch, affordable, and once-in-a-lifetime performance destination. So at, at what point do you factor costuming into all this? Because it, you know, it relates obviously to how you move, but also to the styles of the songs that you're doing. So as you're picking music, like when do you start thinking about costuming and how does that, you know, do you, do you ever change songs because you found a really great outfit and you just want it to work? Or like, I don't know, how does that whole process work? I know nothing about clothes. <laughs> um, I have never, I don't think I've ever picked a song because I wanted to costume a certain way. I don't think so. Um, I think you should always start with your music and like that should always be kind of like your music and your choreography should always kind of be kind of like the bread and butter of what you're doing with your show choir. Um, and then, you know, when, once you start talking about costuming and apparel and things like that, obviously you want it to accentuate what you're doing and you don't want it to, um, hinder what you're doing, but also you want it to um, be like considerate of what the style of the piece is or considerate of what the story of the show is or the theme of the show is, you know. Um, as right now, I think it's important that people make really smart choices about costuming because if you are getting into the situation where there are a lot of, especially if you're first starting, maybe you're not getting new, you're not getting new costumes or apparel every year. So be really smart about, you know, can this, will this costume, whatever it's going to be for my boys or my girls or my all women's group or whatever, um, can, will it work for, you know, multiple things? Or can I get it to work for next year? Or can I use this in a couple of years or something like that? Um, I wouldn't suggest building a show off of a costume, but um, I mean, I guess it's probably been done in some way. But um, I do think that the costume, you know, should be informed by what you're singing and dancing about. And it should make your kids look great. And um, if you have the opportunity to do something amazing costume-wise, then go for it. But also, you know, be smart about it and use it in a way that like helps accentuate, you know, the whole thing. Um, you know, like me, Tori does this probably more, more, and we both kind of do this. But we work with groups that, you know, the costuming is very much a part of 
the things that they sing and dance about. And so we have to incorporate the costume into the choreography. So that's another layer and another thing of that where, oh, there this is like this like, you know, partnering in like gown number. Well, we need to incorporate this gown. Or the boys are wearing these jackets that have like these crazy stripes on them. We need to incorporate that. So um that becomes more about like a choreographer thing. But I would definitely say always pick things that look great on your kids, that look great on every single kid that they feel empowered by and that they feel confident in, but also that helps present your show in the best possible way. And that, um, you know, doesn't work against what you're trying to accomplish on stage. Yeah, I think communicating ahead of time to your creative team. Yes is really important like i think choosing music number one getting arrangements number two choose your team pick costuming and then start like i've had situations where like i've choreographed an entire show and then the director came back and said oh well for this opener they're going to be wearing a floor-length gown and you're not going to see their legs or vice versa where it's like you know, you have this hard hitting rock closer and the girls are going to be in this teeny tiny little dress. Like in both situations, you kind of completely have to rethink what you did. So knowing ahead of time and just like making sure everybody's on the same page, I think is so important. Don't do crazy. Like don't, don't give the song, give us one song and then don't tell us what the costume is. That's like your choreographers got to know, like they just got to know because there are just certain things you can do in certain garments and there are other things that you can't or you should stay away from. So it's very helpful to know that in the beginning, like girls are in dresses. Great. Like, please let me know. Or girls are in pants or boys have suits on. You know what I mean? Like just, you know, even if it's very general and basic, just let your choreographers know. I feel like I always ask that question very early on. What are they wearing? That like, that really helps me when I'm creating for sure. Once you put everything together, everything sort of impacts everything, right? You know, and, and maybe one song on its own, you're like, oh, this is fine as a three minute number, but then you hear it together with a bunch of stuff. And then you're like, well, actually like coming after four more songs, this feels a little long now. So I guess, um, is it more of, is it more of just getting into it and figuring that stuff out? Or can you plan ahead and know like, this needs to be about this length, this needs to be shorter. Like, can you anticipate like some of the pacing things because i feel like where a lot of people get in trouble is not necessarily the songs but just like the pacing of the show i think you can anticipate a little bit beforehand and just kind of make a plan but i think like both brian and tori would agree like when you're in the middle of season and sometimes something is just not working like or you know you've got to make a change to something you can't really anticipate that and some stuff you just don't know until you actually do it and you get it on stage and you have it in front of people I mean, everybody knows, like, we always get something where, like, hey, three minutes of school on this, or, you know, like, I don't need the second verse on this song, or, you know, that type of thing. So you can always kind of anticipate, but show choir is kind of one of those things where you don't really know about it until you see it, and you have to be able to see, like, the full thing of it before you can make really finalized decisions about it. I mean, I love a cut, like, let's cut it, because if it's helping to tighten up the show and it's helping, you know, the pacing, all for it. So that's kind of my thing on it. I mean, have a plan in the beginning, but I do think you need to be very flexible. And if it's not working, you need to be flexible and like make changes all the time. 
I have never, well, no, I shouldn't say that. Once did I actually change a song mid-year because it wasn't because it wasn't working. I, but otherwise, um, I think I think if you take care of what you need to take care of early on and making sure that it's stuff that's good for your group that you can buy into, I think that takes care of most of the problems that you're going to have down the line. But I do agree with Eric. If it's not working, there's no sense in putting it out there and just trudging through and making everyone miserable. When Because the kids are not dumb. They'll know if something's not working. And, and especially if they're, they've been to two competitions and they're just getting hammered on Oh my God. I, I just don't feel you guys getting into that ballot or that, that style number. And they're like, well, no duh. Cause we hate it. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, and, and there's, there's no point in, in continuing to put them out there in a situation where they're miserable and, and you can see that from the stage. So um, at that point, you've got to change something, whether it's the song, whether you just omit, whether you put it on in something that maybe worked last year and half the group still knows you know, I, I, I don't know, but, um, you know, you've got to be willing to cut a loss if, if something's just not jiving. And um, again, it's for the kids and you got to make the kids feel like they're rock stars. And if they're not, you as a director have to shoulder that responsibility and being like, OK, ego's got to go out the door and you got to be like, well, this this now has to change. I think as far as pacing goes, less is more. Less is more, yeah. <laughs> Always, like, just leave everyone wanting more. There's, like, adding one more chorus or one more dance break sometimes. I just don't, like, short and sweet to keep yeah. things moving, keep things exciting. Like, I'm always someone who's, like, cut, cut, cut. Let's keep it short and highlight our best moments so that, like, we have a lot of good stuff and not a lot of dips within the show. Well, and you can do that in advance too. Like you can cut up these songs and put them all together. I've actually done that before. You know, you get like this 15 minute track and you just listen to everything and you get a sense of how it's going to flow. I mean, a lot of stuff will change, but like if you're not listening to your songs in order after you pick them, like that's a mistake, I think. Agreed. Well, this this was, was, was stuff beforehand, before, like ahead of time, like know your material, know it really well, and just be able to be, if it's not working or if you need to cut, a chorus or a verse or like whatever just cut it if it's gonna make your show better you should just make those changes like like brian said oh, like the you. ego kind of has to go away like you just kind of have to do it this was life-changing to me a uh, marching band director told me this or not a, a, a clinician who said when i'm doing and i'm a and i'm designing for my marching bands um if i look at my watch i know there's a problem and she'll say when i'm watching my own group do their show. If I if I at any point look at my watch, then I've got to change something yeah. in my show. Something about that pacing is not right because me, someone who is invested, was bored enough with that moment that I needed to look at my watch. And so I that that was life changing for me. And I've I've used that in so many different different things in regards to show choir. Any questions from people in the audience? <laughs> in the little black bar on top of the screen. <laughs> sure, I have a question. All right, um, just thinking about, you know, as we you talk about knowing your group and knowing your competitions and your area and what you're going to and whatever else, um, you guys are in different areas. I'm in Wisconsin. So um, what's the formula that, you know, we talked about, you know, the formula that you have for your group, 
but you know like for picking the styles of songs what type of setup do you use i mean you know like the the opener the close of the ballad the costume changer the whatever else and you get you know everyone else who all of a sudden comes with this totally different flavor and it's like that's the best thing like mm -hmm. hey when illinois groups come up here to wisconsin it's like we lost <laughs> um so just because it's a different formula that people see so thoughts on that who wants to go first brian i'll i'll go um i'll be honest with you the style that the 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 style or the formula that works really well for what we're doing is opener style change or just a change of pace but not necessarily it could be the same style but just just something that's a little bit different go into a ballad you have a changer and then a closer and a closer that just rocks but what i've learned mostly within that formula kind of touches on the pacing thing you can have a verse refrain dance break refrain and end it you know and so i think the the pacing of how that that kind of goes i think is what makes the formula continue to work because at no point is someone bored at the show because even though I've got a, a, a relative formula that works and I'll be honest with you, Tori can attest to this with, with working with our groups that, that um, each of our groups has that same exact formula for the most part. Um, but it works because there is a conducive, um, collaboration between Garrett writing the charts and Tori and Jared doing the choreography and us kind of planning it out ahead of time. And so when, when all of those pieces are in order, our formula is, is still, while maybe basic might be a word for it, um, it still is effective because there's enough variety and yet the, it, it still moves along at a pace that's going to make you stay engaged and excited because those arrangements are hot and the, and the kids are rocking. And again, our kids buy into it. Our kids know what they're good at. It's, it fits into their wheelhouse and they're having fun. The kids are just having fun on stage and, and an audience and a judging panel can see. And so if, if they're buying it and they're not just little trained robots doing singing and dancing like they were told to, um, it doesn't matter what the formula is because they're going to sell it to an audience. I think piggybacking off of that too, Brian, another reason why that formula works so well is because your moneymaker numbers of your opener, your ballad, and your closer, like you're going to want almost every single kid on stage for that. So if you're planning on having a costume change, you know, why would you put that in the first number? Why would you put that during a ballot or a closer? Like those are, you know, place your money makers spread out so that you can use the other two for transitions. I think the only other formula that I'm liking these days are switching the ballad and the changer. And this is like literally new within the last couple of months. I'm on this weird kick that I'm like loving having a beautiful ballad and then just ending the show with like a kick butt closer. That's like the only modification. But most of my groups do the standard what Brian said. Yeah. I would say almost all of my groups do kind of the, that same formula-ish, if that's the word you want to use. Sometimes it depends on what the show is, like what the music is, or if they're trying to tell a certain story or, you know, that type of thing. So it might switch up. Sometimes, like where you said, the ballad will be four and then they go straight to the closer. Or sometimes I've, 
I've done a couple shows where the ballad has been two just because it works better in that spot and it kind of helps to interpret the idea or the story better. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you always want your bookends to be very good and you want them to be very powerful. Like um, everyone always talks about, you know, closers in show choir. But honestly, for me, like I love one all hot opener. Like it's like my favorite thing ever. I think it just really sets a really positive tone for your show. And I, as a judge, like I love when a group has just a really great opener. I think it is, you know, it really makes people like want to like lean in and engage with your group. If the first thing that they see is super, super strong. So um, that's kind of like my two cents on that. Most of my groups are kind of in that same thing. We might get some variances here and there. Um, depending on what the show is or if there's some sort of theme or some sort of idea they're playing with. But I agree with Tori, kind of like your big, your like the the numbers where you get your bang for your buck are really like situated really well in those spots. So, you know, um, you kind of, you know, you kind of get, you get your points there and you get, you know, credit for the stuff that you're doing when you're, when you're, um, when your big numbers are in those spots, I think. Yeah, and going off of what Eric said, like, I, I think so many groups neglect having a really good attention grabber at the top yeah. of the show. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, screaming loud in my face, but just, like, something interesting to draw people in and, and, and just, like, take their attention. I, I'm really liking having sort of a, a pre-opener almost, like a little 30-second minute long thing, you know, just to kind of – to to start it off one way and then kick into an opener i've been do i've been seeing a lot of that lately and i really like that but i mean you, you don't have to have that but just think about like the way you're arranging it or the way you're staging it like having something really cool something that your group is good at to just start on the right foot because i think that helps a lot just in the kids performance of it too for them to just feel like yes this is going well yeah, I just think it really engages people in a really great way when your opener is super strong, when it grabs attention, or when you create a certain atmosphere or a certain feel. I just, yeah, I think openers are not, I won't say they're like the lost thing in show choir, because I don't think that's true, but I think they're just very important. And I think um, they really can help set the tone for not just how your show is going to be, but how an audience or how a viewer is going to engage with your group. I think that's really important. Um, just from an entertainment aspect, how are how are people engaging with your kids while they're on stage? Well, like Garrett, I saw one of your groups last year where you were where you had like an instrument. The the combo was playing uh, an introduction as they were walking on stage, mm -hmm. something like that. And I, I was like listening to that. What a great way to set it up! And then also you can test your levels. <laughs> but I think in answer to your question, like. I think you're totally fine to play around with the formula and move things around and try new things. But I think what like what they've been talking about, that opener, change of pace, ballad, change or closer, like that's what the judges are going to be expecting. I think that's what most people are going to be used to. And so like you just have to make sure that if you're going to do something different, like it has to be really good because it's sort of a risk. Like it seems it seems weird to say but it's kind of a risk because that's just the expectation. People are just kind of assuming like, okay, you had your, you had your ballad. Now they're going to change costumes, you know? Well, if they don't do that, then you have to have a good reason why, just because that's what people are going to be looking for. Yeah. And I, and I, and I not only agree with that, 
I also, though, find it refreshing when I, like I'm speaking out of one mouth and, and also out of another over here. When I'm judging, I feel very refreshed when I, um, when I see something that does catch me off guard in, in, in that kind of light. And so while I'm a little bit of a subscriber to the formula, I think that's maybe because I'm a little more safe and that's a little bit more my personality. So, but to, I, I secretly would always love to maybe get outside of that box a little bit, but I'm a little just apprehensive to do it. So, um, so to what, to what Garrett is saying, I, I definitely agree. I think doing something a little bit different and, and just subtle, subtly different is totally worth it. Totally worth it. Do you host a choir competition? If so, you could become an HOA affiliate contest host. Heart of America utilizes scoring criteria developed by world-class directors and industry professionals from throughout choral education. Our educational system allows for the highest level of achievement and rewards each group for superior qualities in all facets of musical performance. HOA gives directors and staff the educational tools for student growth. Interested in hosting an HOA affiliate competition on your stage? Contact us today at hoachoir.com. I do have a question, um, kind of yeah. piggybacking off of uh, Andrew's question. Um, you know, we find ourselves uh, unique in the sense that being the only uh, true competitive choir in Pennsylvania. Um, we find ourselves in Massachusetts a lot or Virginia a lot, or sometimes we'll venture into Ohio. Um, and, you know, I get the whole programming you're set to, to, to your, your group and your strong suits and how it works with, well with your group. But I'm also wanting to make sure that they're um, successful everywhere else we go. And, you know, not having a home, each of those areas has kind of their own unspoken expectations or or their um or what they've come to to you know uh want or require um based on you know that particular judging staff so how do you work with that to, to kind of uh, you know be successful in the areas that you are, are traveling in for me i think like Ultimately, I think, and I'm not a director, but I know enough of them. I think that you just have to believe in what you're doing and be really confident and sound in like the decisions that you've made about your show. And, you know, no matter where you go or where, you know, who's competing or whatever, that you feel really solid in the choices that you've made and that the programming that you've come up with and that, you know, no matter if you're in, you know, Ohio or, you know, Virginia or wherever that you feel good about your show, no matter what venue or state or wherever you are. I know as a judge, I don't, I don't know. And, you know, Tori and Brian can piggyback on this too, but I, as a judge, I don't really ex expect a certain thing from everybody. You know, I think you have to always have fresh, as fresh eyes as possible. And um, just because somebody does something a different way doesn't mean that it's, any less competitive or not good or whatever, you know, your descriptors are going to be. But, um, and like Brian said, even when he's judging it, when you're sitting at a judging table all day, it can be such a breath of fresh air when somebody does something different. And it really is like, Oh, I really enjoyed that because, you know, I've watched some similar things for, you know, half the day or for a quarter of the day. Um, 
but just be confident in what you're doing. And I think that speaks to like Tori and I as choreographers too. We never really know how anything we do is going to be received by, you know, multiple panels of people. And, you know, we choreograph for groups in different places that complete, compete in different places. And so we have to feel really strongly about the work and the, the um, artistry and the creativity that we give all our groups and hope that it, you know, resonates with everybody wherever wherever they go i just think you have to kind of you know make your decisions early in the in the in the process and just you know stick to your guns and do really good stuff and try your best to make it be very successful and hope that people resonate with it and um that it is a people receive it well yeah i think it would be really hard not to feel if you're going out and competing against you know i know i know for sure like you know when you go to massachusetts majority of the schools there love a story show and that's what they've been doing for a long time so i i would imagine it would be really hard to not feel going to compete in a place like that like of course you want to do that you know you're competing with all the others all the other groups that do that i want to compete i want to do that too but at the end of the day like a good show is a good show no matter what state you're in no matter who your panel is so just as long as you're behind it and your kids are behind it and it's done really well, it'll be well received. Being from Nebraska and in Iowa kind of area, we have four by four platforms and very little, if any staging in, in, in here. And that's, there's just not a lot. I mean, it's, it's pretty bare as far as any set or any additional lighting or anything like that. If I were to go down and compete in the South where in Mississippi and Alabama, they've got huge sets that they built on and, and TV screens and lighting and, and, and all the bells and whistles and anything, I can, I would also agree with the other two in regards to there would be a sense of necessity that I would feel to have to do it. But what wins out for me is singing and dancing. Good yeah. singing is good singing and good dancing is good dancing. And if your kids believe in the show, that will give your audience an affective experience. And as long as your audience and your judges are getting that affective feeling from what your kids are putting out there, it doesn't matter what your costumes are. It could be jeans and t-shirts. It doesn't matter what, um, what you have on that stage with you. Um, you got to sound good. You got to look good. You got to be clean. You got to have a band that can back you up and play in tune. And as long as those things are in place and the and, and just the show is well put together, um, I I wouldn't worry. Especially if you're going to different into different regions where what's going to sell well in Ohio is not necessarily going to be the same as in Massachusetts, which is not going to be the same in Illinois, you know? And so if you try to, to add elements of each of those places into your show so that you can compete in those different places, I think you're going to end up with something that's rather disjunct and disingenuous maybe because mm -hmm. it's not true to what, what you believe and what you are comfortable in doing because you're now, um, trying to fit into somebody else's box. And, and uh, I wouldn't worry about ever trying to do that. Do you, Pennsylvania? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I think, like we said earlier, like having your brand and having your students buy into that, like you want your kids to, like the thing, the thing that my director would always tell us 
you know, was, would you, would you rather win and do their show or would you rather get third and do your show? You know, like the kids have yeah. to prefer to do their show over winning. That being said, um, I think you can like hire clinicians from the areas you're going to compete to maybe give you some ideas. And I think you could look for judging panels that are, that bring in people from out of state. You know, if the, if the panel has people from Iowa and California <laughs> and, you know, Georgia, like you're going to get a different um, response than if it's all local people. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I don't, I don't think you should, you know, try to overthink it and strategize the politics of everything. But, you know, if it's something that's a consistent problem for you, like that's maybe something you could think about is, is just who, like, what are the types of people that they bring in for their panel? And are they going to be interested in the kinds of stuff that you're doing? Yeah, and that's a lot of what I've been doing. Um, you know, our, our choreographers from Ohio, uh, we had one from uh, West Virginia. And, um, you know, I, I, I pick up um, Sandy Thomas to come in and, and, and clean vocally from Virginia. So we're trying, we're trying that, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so used to the TOB circuit where, you know, it's like, it's, there's that consistency line, but it, it's, it's, um, and I used to adjudicate, you know, for several years in that circuit. So I'm used to that, but like now seeing and, and seeing the, 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 the varying of opinions, um, where our group might do extremely well here, but going here, same thing doesn't do so well. So that's all just trying to figure out. I mean, I'm, and again, you know, I, I I'm, a, I guess, a creature of habit. I mean, I'm, we're going to do what, what we do, you know, well and, and do best anyhow. Um, but just seeing, you know, what might we consider tweaking here or there. Um, but um, I, I do appreciate you guys, um, you know, for putting this on tonight and Garrett for hosting. Um, I think, Tori, you're one of our judges at one of our competitions as well. So I, I do appreciate And we take all of that comments um, and, and those, those critiques and, and kind of, uh, work through a lot of that stuff so we do appreciate well any any final thoughts you guys anything that you wanted to say or i don't know sage words of wisdom <laughs> um i don't have any because i'm still learning so uh <laughs> i feel like i've been doing this for a long time but also it's um i just like try to keep learning i don't know i think that's a really interesting thing i uh, just try to keep learning and try new things and don't be afraid to, you know, this is from a choreographer, but, you know, don't be afraid to try something new or, you know, something less in your comfort zone. Um, as choreographers, we get asked to do all sorts of things often. So, um, yeah, that's my, and that's my words of wisdom. Don't be afraid to try the new stuff and, but stick to your guns kind of and do what feels good for you and your students and your program and your community but um, try to branch out where you can and, you know, be smart and ask questions and ask for help because there's a lot of people that are willing to, you know, give you advice and give you tips and tricks that will, you know, might be of use to you. And I, I echo everything that Eric says and don't hesitate to give me a call because I am also learning and would love to just uh, shoot thoughts back and forth. So I'd be happy to talk to anyone anytime. Mine is just at the end of the day, it's just show choir. Right? Like, all we want to do is like just teach nice humans and give these kids an amazing experience. Yeah. Like, bottom line, that's all we need to worry about. 
we get so caught up in the fluff, but like, it's just show choir. Have fun, like live your life. <laughs> show choir sessions is written and produced by me, Garrett Breeze. You can get in touch by emailing Garrett at breezetunes.com or by visiting breezetunes.com, where you can also search through my catalog of more than 1,300 competitive show choir arrangements. 